the devil's work. horror show numbers don't matter <laughs> even though we're doing a top 10 yeah <laughs> all the way up to number 10 matters but the number of the episode can go fuck itself anyway this week we are doing our individual top 10s of our favorite horror movie scores uh, i don't think we really set any no, caveats we, or anything did we we didn't set any guidelines i mean i think we've we've both sort of decided to just do scores we haven't done yeah no no sort of like song soundtracks yeah. of various artists that kind of thing yeah so there'll be no like shocker on here or anything <laughs> like that yeah i have done a different composer artist for every number that i didn't want to, i didn't do any repeats just think, to mix it up a bit i think i have one repeat okay yeah one repeat i'm sure that i've got like two soundtracks by the two okay. scores by the same composer oh, fair enough um, at either end of my list. Oh, so, okay. How did you find making this? Because I found this a real fucking ball, not a ball ache as such, but difficult. I had no idea, no no problem sitting down writing out a load of scores that yeah. I love. I had a problem of ostracizing some of them to yeah. end up at a list of ten. So I, I mean, I've even added five honourable mentions at the end of mine because I didn't want to throw them away. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like a cheat. <laughs> no, I'm just. I get you. No, I I had the same issue because you've got so many composers who've done multiple scores as well. Yeah. And I could easily put five of the same dude's work in this list. So it was, yeah. It was hard to pick which one was a favourite as well. And That's it. It's It, it was um, it was a ball lake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did say it wasn't, but yeah, it was actually. It was... It was. It wasn't a ball like writing out a list. I've got like a massive list written down of all these different scores that I love. I then had to weed ten out, and that was the bit that really. Yeah. It's me figuring out which of the ten that I most listen to as well. I think when mm. I'm reading or writing or whatever that I'm most likely to put on in the background. And yeah, yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we might have a few crossovers, a few the same. I've got a feeling we might have at least. I'm going to say we've got three. Possibly. Oh no, we might have more. I've got a feeling we're going to have. I've got a feeling we're going to have four crossovers in, okay. different, in different places, but. All right, well, we'll see then. Yeah. Shall I go first this time? Yeah, go on then. Uh, okay. Right, my number 10. Uh, you'll probably think this would feature higher down higher down my list, further down my list, okay. lower on the list. <laughs> it's from 1977 by Goblin and it's Suspiria. Okay. Did you think it was going to be higher up? Yeah. So did I. Had I had a feeling you'd put it on there, but... So did I when okay. I was writing the list, uh, but it kind of got knocked back. But it's, it's a great soundtrack by yeah. Goblin and... Uh, uh, I think the Dario Argento has used them on more than one occasion, especially like Claudio Simonetti, who uh, did Tenebrae, I yeah, think. I was going to say, I think they did Tenebrae, and then did they do Inferno as well? I'm not. Demons. He did Demons. Oh, yeah. Claudio Simonetti did mm. Demons. I don't think Goblin did it. Goblin also did Dawn of the Dead. It's a weird soundtrack for a film that's for the type of film Suspiria is. I always find with Italian horror soundtracks, they never really fit. <laughs> the film it's like a weird synthy disco beat thing over the top of a what's basically a, a not a haunted house movie but a, yeah. that kind of but it's a mixture feel. of stuff that the initial theme has got a kind of I think of it like a little music box 
in a way that little that first score but then after that you've got the one with all the the witches and the chanting yeah yeah and it's not exactly discordant but it's completely different to that opening piece yeah it's, but it is great oh yeah that the, the main theme the one with the sort of like chanting witch all the way through it yeah 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 my missus actually finds that quite creepy yeah <laughs> I don't see it I, I can see where she's coming from but I don't see it that way because it's too funky it's too much of a disco <laughs> yeah. but it's I mean Goblin are great mm. it's a great soundtrack it's a great score do my kids find the opening like I said the the music box kind of piece they find that creepy because I've got it set as the alarm on my phone mm. and because I sleep quite heavy it's turned up loud so when that comes on all of a sudden it tends to make people jump and then you know, the kids will find it a little bit creepy. All right. Then they have a couple of horror cons we went to ago. Didn't they have Claudio Simonetti there? I think it was the year Dario Argento was supposed to go, but he had that car accident. I'm oh, sure they filled okay. his place with him. I never bothered to meet him. I can't remember. I kind of regret it. Yeah. That would have been quite cool. So I think, though, where money only goes, you can only meet so many people, unfortunately. Yeah. 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 But no, I, like, good... I, I like the soundtrack, and I thought it would be higher up my list, or further down my list, yeah. or whatever you want to fucking word it, but it ended up at number 10. Okay, no, that's, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah? It, it may or may not appear on my list. Okay, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> or, or Goblin may or may not appear on my list, we'll, we'll put it that way, but, okay. yeah, no, that's a, that's a good, to be fair, I can't, you can't, I don't think you can do a horror score top ten without having Goblin in there. Yeah, something so nothing. iconic and important. Yeah. Okay. Your number ten. My number ten, I've gone, for, I didn't put years down, by the way, so you've done a lot more work for me. <laughs> oh, I have done, on every single one of them. Mine is a recent movie, and it's uh, the composer was Ben Lovett, and the movie was The Ritual. Oh, uh, yeah, I watched that a while back on your recommendation. Yeah. I don't remember a lot about the soundtrack, though. It's, it's weird, because it does convey that feeling of being in the woods, right. in, a, in a weird way. It's, I did write down, in a slightly pretentious way, it's as deep and brooding as the woods from the story. Oh. But it's also got this, this, like, this percussion bits that go on with these drum beats and things like that and they give it that slightly Nordic mm. feel to it. It's got that I don't know if primitive is the right word, but it doesn't it's not like a modern drum thing. It's got that you know, you can you can visualise it as being like an old fashioned thing with animal skins and Yeah. And it suits the movie really well. And in fact I was I listened to it when I read the book and it fits it perfectly. Right. Maybe not the end of the book, which is very different to the movie because then it's a bunch of it's not a village, it's um some black metalers and an old lady who've They've kind of taken over her house and they kidnap the, the dude and want to sacrifice him to the thing in the woods. Oh, okay. So it goes more black metal at the end, but I like the movie. Yeah, but I, I don't really remember. Like the movie, but the, I, I really like the soundtrack. It's just got this. Uh, I'm probably going to repeat myself in <laughs> numerous soundtracks, but it does have this sort of ominous, haunting quality, and it's mm. one that I will put on when I'm, you know, reading or writing. Okay, and, I'll yeah, have to give it a listen really then, because like, like I said, I don't remember a lot about the soundtrack. I, I'm sure it fit the movie fine. I remember. I, I, like I say, you recommended it. I watched it. It's only a few weeks ago as well, and yeah, I enjoyed well, the movie. So I love to give the soundtrack. It's, yeah, it's on Spotify as well, or you know, YouTube and so on. So it's easy to find. Yeah, I'll have a look for it. Give it, a, give it a blast. Cool. Okay, good choice. My number nine then. My number nine is from 1992 by Philip Glass, and it's the Candyman score. Yeah. I read somewhere that when he composed <clears throat> the score, he was told that he was going to be composing the score for a much more artful take on Clive Barker's uh, story The Forbidden Yeah, and when he saw the film he was really pissed off with what oh okay and uh, he, he, I think he said something like he was he felt manipulated by by them for what he was actually scoring oh, it right, wasn't okay. what he thought he was scoring but I think it's, it fits the movie 
perfectly. Yeah, I'll agree with that. It's... You know, all the way through, it's got like a um, it's really pretty sort of like piano melodies, mm. and then all of a sudden, pipe organs and like chanting, like choral chanting. I'm... Carl, 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 Carl. I've got. I don't know why. I, I like having that sort of choral chanting in a horror. Yeah, so do I. Just... Yeah, works. It, it gives it almost like a dark religious sort of like overtone yeah. in, Although, in the score. For me, the the choral parts in Candyman aren't like as dark as say Omen. Hmm. Oh yeah, Omen it's not. It's not that. Like, dun, yeah, that's dun. really domineering yeah, really, sort of. Like, whereas this is a lot course. more subtle. It's in. It's not exactly in the background, but yeah, it just gives it a. I'm going to say haunting again, probably. <laughs> it's just, Everything's haunting. <laughs> I mean, he could have just used Flight of the Bumblebee and just called it a day. But <laughs> Yeah. No, I, like, I think the score works really well, but apparently he felt really pissed off and oh, right. cheated based on what he thought he was composing. Oh, okay. To the outcome of the film. I mean, I yeah, like yeah. the film. It's a great movie. Yeah, and, uh, he obviously doesn't feel the same way, but I think the score works perfectly. Yeah, with it. It, you know, it, it really sort of gives it that extra... I think it sort of sometimes, and especially in this case, it kind of elevates it from just typical slashery horror affair. Yeah, it adds like more dimension, and especially like whenever Candyman's on screen, and you have that sort of like weird few piano keys and the yeah and the yeah, pipe yeah. organ thing is it, it it's a great sound. Well, that opening tracking shot where it's following the yeah the car going down the road, and you've got that melody playing over it, and it's just yeah, it it just works, and it's it's one of those things I think where the film wouldn't be what it is without... Or you always associate that score with a movie now, and I couldn't picture it with something else. Yeah, I mean, it's got that one track that's, like, basically just played on the piano, which is, like, a, a nice little sort of piano melody. And then, like I say, it sort of, like, all kicks off, and you've got the chanting and the pipe organs, yeah, yeah, yeah. and completely different sort of tone. Uh, I always look... When I was doing this, I was just sort of glancing to see what other things the composers have done that right, I okay. wasn't aware yeah. of. The only thing I could really see was that Don, Johnny Depp film, The Secret Window... And the Truman Show, but I don't remember any of those. No, this is like I don't even know if I've seen Secret Window. To be honest, neither do I. But this is this is like what I know Philip Glass from, and I really like the yeah, score okay. and I like the film. So yeah, no, it's good. I pick. don't know what the fuck he's on about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now it's a good pick. I like that one. Okay, cool. Yeah, Your right. number what are we on nine? Uh, number nine. My number nine is another one that's fairly recent. Um, I haven't put years in, so I'm going to say within the past three or four years. And that's by Mark Corvin, and it's for The Witch. Oh, yeah, that's a good score. It's another one for me that I think it... Haunting? Fits. <laughs> <laughs> it just no, it fits perfectly. It's got that... Um, there's a track in it that I think it's one of the uh, first ones on it called What What Went We? And it's got that... It fits that old-fashioned, rural kind of setting. It's not horror, in a way. It's not, it's not creepy or scary, but it just seems to fit that setting. And you go from that kind of relaxing to the, the almost Suspiria-like... The one about the witches where they've got the coven and all that chanting and everything and it's just yeah I mean it fits every every part of it fits perfectly the, I remember the score for the most part being quite subtle because obviously the film's very slow yeah and uh, you couldn't have anything too overpowering over the sort of build up of the film but I remember liking the sound but then you get to the bit where the witches are chanting yeah. and all that is in the score and again as uh, had in the ritual you got this more this wooden kind of sound for the percussion which is clashing almost it's really it suddenly comes in that you're not expecting yeah or it's, it, again it's a, it's a score that I like to listen to and it's one that I think fits the movie yeah yeah I, I can't really add more than that without going all oh, ominous brooding haunting. No. I, know, <laughs> I know what you're saying though yeah. you know the trick is with with the scores that I, I feel like I've picked personally they accompany the film the tone of the film mm. 
perfectly. Sometimes the score doesn't work in a film. It doesn't really fit what's going on. But with the ones that I've picked especially, and, and so far you, they, they work with the film to set the tone. Yeah, and symbiosis, there we go. That's the one, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that does. That's a good pick. Okay. Yeah, it's not, it's not a score I've listened to like a lot. It's but... not... A... It's not a massively long... I think it's only like half hour or something like that. It's not a huge score, but it's yeah. still... But no, good choice. Okay. Is that raining? It is indeed. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> the starts right. teasing you with like summery weather. I know. On the, on the drive over here, the sun came out and I thought, oh, this is going to be a nice day and then rain. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, well, we're indoors with coffee and stuff, so we'll be fine. My number eight okay. might be slightly controversial <laughs> because I know a lot of people love the original score. But I've gone for a sequel score that's completely different from the original and only features in the series once. And it's from 1985, and it's Christopher Young's score for A Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Oh, okay. Which I prefer to uh, Charles Bernstein's original. I mean, don't get me wrong, his original score is great, but I really, really love Christopher Young's score in this because it's weirder. And it okay. really sort of helps add to the eerie, dreamlike weirdness of, of the film. Because there's a lot of scenes, whenever Freddy's on screen, he's like inserted whale song and things in the, in the, in the score. Are you sure you speak whale? Can you? Sorry. Heaven knows what you're saying. Yeah, I don't think I've And it's just one odd. Okay, I need to have a listen. Yeah, I really, really rate it. I think it's better than, um, like I say, don't get me wrong, I like Charles Bernstein's mm. original Nightmare on Street score. But I prefer this one. Okay. It's it's bizarre, you know. Like I say, whenever Freddy's on screen, there's whale song and weird fucking noises throughout the score and stuff. And uh, yeah, it's 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 different, but it works better, yeah. I think, for the whole dream. I'll have to look thing. that one up because for me, yeah, Bernstein's one is the one that I will usually chuck on. Yeah, and so would many people. And Unless it is a great score. Docking doing Dream Warriors. But <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Yeah. I was watching a thing the other day. I think it was a documentary on that, and they had Docking on, and he even the singer was saying, "I can't sing that song anymore. It's too high." Oh really? You know, as you get oh, right. older, your voice yeah, yeah. ages. He said, and he, he tried to do it on the thing, and he just he couldn't do it. He can't hit those notes. Oh shit! Because that is a really fucking high pitched song. Because they done a live album, like, was it Beast from the East or something like that? I think they done one when it was in Japan or whatever, and mm. he, they done that as a live one, and he was hitting it yeah pretty well there. So yeah, it was that it must have been a while ago though. Oh yeah, yeah. It wasn't that long after the film had come out, I think. But, but yeah, I, I, okay. I rate I rate this one above the original score, and you should definitely give it a listen. the The entire soundtrack is odd. Okay, yeah, I need to. Have but a, it works for me, and I like that because Christopher Young has done loads of really good horror scores. I think. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. Someone I'm not going to mention in case they crop up later. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Cube was one as well. I found out. I didn't notice he. Really oh, I didn't know that until the other day. I really like his score for Drag Me to Hell. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really. It's good that thing you hear it though, and you can tell like, oh, this is a Christopher Young score, but it's, yeah, it's like that thing you you recognise like Danny Elfman or whatever. You you can pick up. He took over from Danny Elfman time. on Spider Man Three as well, didn't he, Christopher oh, Young? Did he? Yeah, because I oh, think I Sam Raimi and Danny Elfman fell out during Spider Man Two, so yeah, Christopher Young. Oh, did this rain's going to kill the audio, isn't it? That'll be alright. <laughs> we'll be fine. Ignore the slight hits a patter on the roof. It's adding to the um, atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. Give it a listen. Okay. I, I. It's not on Spotify. They got like they got like right. the main track on Spotify, and that's okay. it. But the whole score is on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. So you can find it on there. And uh, all right. Yeah, I need to have a listen to that one because I don't think I've taken notice of that one at all. Mm. So I need to. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think it's cool. a superior score, but you have to see what you think. Okay. Yeah, I'll listen for that. Okie dokie. Number eight. It's my number eight and our first crossover. As I agree, only one step above you, Philip Glass with the Candyman score. Ah. 
Yeah. There's going to be more in there. Um, There's bound to be. Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. Yeah, again, it's I can't really add too much to what you did. I, I like the choral stuff. It's one of those things where the human voice is one of the best instruments you can possibly have. It's so yeah. versatile. When that no. little choral soundtrack fits. Sorry, mate. Yeah, go on. You no, 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 I was just going on from what you were saying about the human voice being like a wonderful instrument. When mm. a few months, about a month or two ago, I went to see Hans Zimmer live mm. in London and he, he did a track from um, June, the new oh, okay. version. Of, have yeah. you seen that yet? I have seen it, yeah. I yeah. Like it. yeah. And they had the woman who sung the vocals for it on stage with them. Oh, and it's okay. fucking brilliant. This one track that she was doing is just, her voice is just being used as like this. She's not singing any words, it's just instrumental mm. over the other oh, things, okay. and it's really, really effective. Well, that's what I like in the Akira soundtrack. I can't remember the bloody composer's name, but that's all. It's got that sort of breathing kind of sounds in it as well, and mm. it just fucking works. Yeah. So clever. Yeah, definitely. Like you say, the human voice is a fucking great instrument mm. if you know how to use it. Yeah. Because <laughs> she also did, they did the, the music from Gladiator, which I really love that soundtrack as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, they were supposed to have Lisa Gerard who did the vocals for it, but she got COVID. So the woman who did the June thing, she performed it live on stage for the oh, first okay. time she'd ever done it. Oh, shit. Other than a brief rehearsal. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was perfect. Yeah. And so, so good. Oh, that's cool. And I love that. Yeah, I love the June soundtrack. That was great. So, yeah, the human voice is just yeah. as which I, integral instrument yeah, as, as anything else which yeah. I, I like that like I said I like the, that choral part to it and even though it's got the, there's that same sort of theme that carries through the soundtrack it doesn't feel repetitive no that little um, that piano piece from the track that's like it was always you Helen it's sort of got that slight tragic feel to it in a weird way which suits the characters yeah because yeah. So, it is, it is a, yeah. a tragic story really isn't it? I mean somebody who's just basically doing a thesis on something her life slowly goes to shit yeah plus you've only got Candyman story of yeah that's also tragedy being yeah. sort of like chased down have his hand cut yeah, off and exactly whatnot yeah it's um yeah it, it, it's perfectly thematic yeah of I, what's on the screen it, like yeah I can't add much more to it than you did for me it's like I can't picture that film without with a different score no so no I can't remember what the score was on the on the new film I think they used the same I but think there was bits of the same but they yeah. must have added something to it and I don't really remember I need to look it up I don't know I'm, I'm fairly sure because on the um opening of that film where the camera's then looking up pointing instead, up is it the same yeah because he used it as a way of, sort of like instead of looking down on it they're looking yeah, up on it because they've been like gentrified um, isn't it it's gone through gentrification yeah. but I think they use the same music yeah I need to watch it again or at least dig out the soundtrack as well yeah both yeah okay so that's your number, number seven, seven. <laughs> right now you're probably going to have this on there too okay it's from 1980 by Riz Ortolani and it's Cannibal Holocaust. Okay. Again, yeah. right? Italian horror films <laughs> doesn't have weird fucking soundtracks. Yeah. Yeah. But I love this soundtrack. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's one scene, I think it's the scene where they're killing the, t- the turtle. Okay, yeah. And it's got really fucking romantic, lovely music over well, the top of yeah. like them doing something really fucking Isn't horrible. the opening music very sort of It's funky. And, yeah, it's, got, it like it's, a, it's like a 70s sort of like yeah. black exploitation funk it's, beat. It's not slaughtering cannibalism that isn't conveyed in that soundtrack and the only I think the first time music kicks in that conveys horror is when they're um, killing the adulteress on the beach mm. and then it sort of goes like quite dark doesn't it but most of it's got yeah but it's, it's still got that I don't know it's still got that element of funk in there somewhere yeah. yeah and if you watch a lot of those sort of like old Italian horror films especially the ones that were like quite nasty and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. they either have inappropriately 
pornographic music, that's kind of music you find on a porno, or happy, cheerful, romantic music. It's not an Italian film, but another example is like Last House on the Left, where the music just doesn't yeah. fit the fucking horrible <laughs> shit that's going on screen. But I love the Cannibal Holocaust soundtrack. It's brilliant. Yeah. And actually, I'm kicking my own point in the ass a bit, because I said, oh, the, the music really sort of like, on my list, plays in with what's going on yeah, the screen. It doesn't... But this is a really piss poor example, because it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it's the... And yet it's still... Yeah, no, 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 I'm bumbling. No, I agree. It is a really, really good soundtrack. It is almost at odds with what's happening on the screen. Yeah. I don't know, but they did that, like you said, that happened a lot in, in Italian, Italian cinema, cinema for some yeah. reason. But it's still. Yeah, I mean, that scene where they're actually really killing that turtle yeah, live yeah, yeah. on is horrible, especially from my point of view as a vegetarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't like animal cruelty and that yeah. kind of shit. Well, but why they're playing for the sake of a movie as well is not. Yeah, like it's even worse. Though, but yeah. the fact that they're playing this like. Music that you would imagine over the top of like Lady Chatley's love or some <laughs> shit. It's just fucking weird. It is bizarre. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's one of those, if I put the soundtrack on, and then you can say to someone, oh, by the way, this is from, you know, you'd say it's like Carnival Holocaust or whatever, and people are like, you what? Really? <laughs> What's like, that film called again? <laughs> yeah. Is it yeah. a comedy? Yeah. Cannibal Holocaust, <laughs> the fucking comedy. Yeah, it's weird. It doesn't It doesn't fit, but it's great. Yeah, no, I'll agree and, with that. And every time I hear it, I mean, I've seen that film a lot of times, but I can always picture what's happening in a particular scene yeah. when that music plays. And I think that's because it stands out as not fitting. Yeah, the no, scene I get, well, yeah, I get that, what you mean. That reminds yeah. me of the scene that it's with. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I always think, yeah, I remember that bit. It's fucking odd. That was disgusting. And this music's too happy. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> it's odds with what's occurring yeah. with the image. And yet, yeah, because of that, you, you remember it. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So, yeah, it's a great soundtrack, but weird as fuck. The tonal shifts all over the place. Like, <laughs> porn music, disco funk, happy romantic melodies. But it is very, the whole thing is very 70s, isn't it? It's, like, yeah. it's just, yeah. Yeah. Can't. You, only have to, you know that by watching it. It's very bushy. <laughs> <laughs> it's because we're in a jungle, Lee. That's... There's a lot of trouser <laughs> afro going on. <laughs> trouser afro. <laughs> People don't have time to groom when they're in the jungle. I, mean, no, I think that was there before. Hacking away with a machete. I think that was there before they left. I know. Yeah, it was, it was a 70s <laughs> thing, wasn't it? Yeah. That was my number seven. Okay, my number seven. I'm pretty certain this is going to be on your list as well. And for me, you cannot have, not just a horror, but any soundtrack list without having Tangerine Dream. It was a close call for me which soundtrack I was going to put on because I love Near Dark and The Keep. But I went with Near Dark. As much as I like the soundtrack to the keep, it's more because it's really bloody difficult to get hold of. Is it? And they've done they've done so many variations. I think there was like a three or four disc version, and now there's like a two disc one. And it's so, I mean, all their stuff's hard to get hold of. I think like the Near Dark one, you're talking like seventy quid or something. I was looking for a copy online the other day, and I couldn't find one for less than fifty ah, yeah. quid. Um, I love that soundtrack. It is good, and yeah. I, it's not made my list. Oh, okay. But it nearly did. Yeah. Uh, it, I don't even think it made my oh your honourable mentions my honourable mentions but I fucking love it it's so moody yeah it is it's, I'm going to use all those words again but it is it's, it's melancholic and it's eerie but it's also cool yeah that, the, the opening theme we're like oh this is like a cool song and it fits that slightly because the, the the movie's got that kind of wild west thing in a way going on yeah. so it's got that sort of feel to it they're all shit kickers yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 but it just Fits it, and they've done so many good soundtracks. You know, like I said, The Keep and Firestarter and things like that. Yeah, oh just... yeah, they did Firestarter, didn't they? Mm. Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. new one of that's out. Oh, this that's month, very soon, isn't it? John yes. Carpenter's done the soundtrack for it. Oh, has he? Yeah. Oh, interesting. 
Yeah, apparently he was originally going to direct the original, and when the thing was a fucking massive failure, he got yeah. kicked off it. Oh, shit. But, yeah, uh, he's done the soundtrack for the new one. I'm interested to see what they've done with it, because, I mean, hmm. I know this is way off course of what you're talking about, and we'll get back to it in a minute. But <laughs> we often go off course, don't worry. <laughs> the original Firestarter is a film that I think is all right. Yeah, I'll agree with that. It's I'll quite happily watch it, but it's not. So they're not going to hurt my feelings too much by no. remaking it. And if it's shit, who gives a fuck? If it's great, great. I think I've read the book either. I read the book uh, many, many years ago. I think I own a copy of it somewhere. No, I don't even think I own it. Mm. But anyway, back to what you were saying. Yeah, that soundtrack is really fucking, is really moody. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I don't know how else to, to it, it's, it, it's really atmospheric. But they have that balance of, they're not quite fully what now people do with the synthwave stuff. They're not, quite all that way it's got a slight more not exactly disco not, it's, it's a bit of everything in there and they just I, I love how they blend their stuff together and it's again it's something I can just put on in the background as I'm doing stuff yeah. annoyingly I was researching this morning about fair usage to okay. see if I could like insert small snippets of like the fucking music in between oh, these things it, yeah. and I can't because the fascists who make the copyright laws don't even let you play a Co- second of any notes. Yeah. Are you allowed to just sort of slightly hum something? <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know. So hopefully this list will just make people like look for these if they if they're not familiar with them because I can't put any. Which seems oh, okay. fucking ridiculous. I thought there was like a fair usage thing, but apparently that's a myth. Oh, okay. I think there's just a few. Oh shit! I might be in trouble then for the last one I edited, where I put in the um, Gladiator theme tune and then put in the music from. Gladiator is a TV show. You'll only be in trouble <laughs> if people start listening to this podcast. Oh, fuck, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, how annoying. I thought, oh, maybe I can just like stick a tiny making, snippet. It's like not making any money off it. It's just to show you, here's an example of the soundtrack. It's really good. You should listen to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I'm not allowed we'll, to. We'll come back and record ourselves humming it or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've already fucking gone over by sort of like doing the do, 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 sort of cannibal holocaust notes. Oh, I thought he was doing the end of EastEnders then. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, so yeah, um, <laughs> my number seven was Tangerine Dream with the soundtrack to Near Dark. Yeah. It's I'm surprised brilliant. then that didn't make your... It is on the list of stuff that I wrote down. The big list, and I fucking love it. And I'm, oh, like I said, I've been searching all over for a decent vinyl copy of it. It's been re-released so countless to, yeah. fucking times. I think the keep has been is one of those that's been. I think they've had like one disc versions, two discs. There's a, I'm sure there was a four disc at some point. Yeah, but I can't find the decent vinyl copy of it uh, okay. anywhere. Yeah, for for a reasonable for a, price. Yeah, sensible money. Yeah, a lot of fucking vinyl soundtracks. Some of them you. I was looking through an Evil Dead one the other day. And I think no, it was Evil Dead Two, and I found I think the cheapest I found was under and seventy quid. Oh, I was like, well, I don't have that kind of money yeah. right now. I'm like, Do you know what? I'll just get it as a digital download for like seven ninety nine or something, probably. And just yeah, live with that. I'll bide my time. Yeah, sometimes yeah, you never know. You may a, find one somewhere. And I mean, I, I I was in York and I wandered into a little sort <clears> of like back street record shop and I found a uh, really cool copy of what was it? Escape from New York soundtrack. Oh, okay. That I've not seen anywhere for less than 70 quid. And the bloke clearly didn't know why he had his hands because I bought it off him for 15 quid. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah. score! Yeah. <laughs> so I'll just, I'll just charge it. Eventually I'll stumble across yeah, one. Car boot sale or something. Yeah, you never know. No. Okay. Oh, what was that? It was your number uh, what? Seven? Seven. So it's your number. I was going to burp and didn't. It's your number six. Okay. My number six mm-hmm. is the most John Carpentry score that was not composed by John Carpenter. It was okay. composed by Ennio Morricone in 1982, and it's the thing. And 
It sounds like a John Carpenter score. I think he might have had a hand in it. it yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah, basically, it's Senio Morricone, yeah, who's sort of it's... better known for doing the spaghetti western stuff, yeah, like yeah, the Dollars yeah. oh, Trilogy and that kind of thing. But it's fucking great. It's re- Again, I'm going to use the word moody, but it is. It's sort well, of like. Up, dun, dun, kind of that little. Yeah, bomb, bomb. it's almost like a heartbeat. Yeah. And it's quite bleak. And I don't know, maybe, I don't want to sound pretentious, but it kind of. It, Helps Mate, set the tone. Just when I said about the ritual being as dark and moody as the woods themselves, go for it. It kind of helps set the tone of like isolation. Yeah, no, which I... is like a theme of the film, mm. and the heartbeat thing, and that uh, sort of helps with the paranoia of the film. Yeah, it's it's really minimalist. You know, uh, yeah, that's what I was gonna, yeah. No, I was going to say that it gives. Yeah, it's very minimalist. And oh shit! To do that pretentious thing, it has that sense of isolation and through that minimalism which is what you get in the Antarctic it's fuck all there it's ice and shit like that and that's it I bet the most excited the um, the, the score gets is sort of when it goes brrrr yeah. <laughs> you know there's no there's no real sort of like high notes anywhere and it. it's all really bassy and yeah. all, so, and all like sort of really sort of oh, fucking hell <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wouldn't call it I don't know to me it's not a John Carpenter sounding score though because I think all it, that synth kind of stuff that he's more known for to me but I, I I think it sounds like it could have very easily been composed by John Carpenter. Well, yeah, but like, it, wasn't. it doesn't sound like any Omar either. Like yeah, that's what yeah. I was going to say. Yeah, he's really because his, his scores are always like really sort of yeah. like sped up and excitable yeah. and uh, you think lots of whistling. Here in Morricone, you think all the spaghetti western stuff. And... Yeah, and it doesn't sound anything like anything. Uh, no, the most it sounds like is another score he composed, which was for the Hateful Eight. Oh, okay. The Tarantino yeah, 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 yeah. film. Have you seen that? that? Yes, which I have. to me felt like Tarantino trying to do the thing anyway. Yeah. The story's yeah, like they're in a cabin similar, and, and it's the snowed in, yeah. and it's all about the paranoia of not knowing who's who's a killer or something. Yeah. I can't remember the film exactly. It's uh, not known how many Christ, ones. It? Yeah, yeah. And, the, and his score to that is a lot more yeah. similar to the thing than anything else he's, he's scored. Yeah, I need to listen to that one again as well. Yeah, but uh, tonally, it works perfectly. It's it's downbeat, depressing, much like the film, which it is. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, if the if the highlights of the film are the creative kills, then there's not a lot more upbeat shit going on in that <laughs> film, and it ends bleakly. I mean, yeah. it's not. Yeah. It's a fucking nearly. A, it's a forty year old movie. It's not. It's not a spoiler to say that you know, the end is bleak. There's two characters remaining sitting there, not knowing which ones. Yeah, and they you, and the audience doesn't know if they're both human or if one of them's a thing. Yeah, so probably the chances are neither character makes it out of there alive. So yeah, it's very downbeat. Yeah, but it it really sets the tone of the film and and works. Yeah, no, I, I agree hundred percent with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's my number six then. It, it may get mentioned at some point. Okay, my number six is another crossover. Oh fucking hell! I think it might be. Was it your number ten? Possibly. Uh, I can't remember, but it's Goblin. Superior soundtrack. That was my number ten. For, for me, it's, it's what I said about Tangerine Dream. I don't think you can do a horror soundtrack list without having Goblin in there. No, no, that sounds slightly blowjobby. But no, but, you're right. Unless you're sort of like more. I don't know. Unless you've not like really sort of had much of a history with horror and it's kind yeah, of a newer thing and you haven't discovered films. Yeah, you like might think this is a bit weird. The films, I mean, and I can also kind of understand people who more recently got into horror being turned off by Argento's yeah. work and things like that. Because it's not... It's, it's bizarre. Sometimes you could say that the story is behind the visuals and the audio. Mm. And yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it's that experience rather than it is for the story. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially Suspiria's, just you know, the, the colour usage that he has and, and things like that. And I think that's where the score fits it, because it's not exactly discordant, but it's at odds where it just does stuff you don't expect, and in a weird way it's kind of like falling into a fever dream. Yeah. it's yeah. My, my wife had never really sort of had any experience with Argento's stuff. And I showed her Suspiria, it being my personal favourite mm. of his films. And I don't think she was overly struck on it. I think she found it a bit too arty-farty and pretentious. And I okay. get that opinion. Yeah. I mean, I don't see it that way. No, but I, I, I can understand how somebody who didn't grow up with it yeah. would. And I think the soundtrack is a big part of that as well. Yeah. It's it's also very fucking bizarre. Yeah. It's, yeah you got little clashing bits and then the witch whispering and then it goes to that music box thing like I said earlier and it's just there's so many different things going on with it yeah definitely yeah but so I like that it's but for a seasoned horror fan for people who grew up yeah. loving horror uh, for as long as we have then yeah absolutely you're right you can't have a list with that goblin well, I said that about Tangerine Dream when you didn't you disappointed me I thought you'd have them no but there we go no I haven't and it, like I say it didn't even make my own mentions but it nearly did yeah, yeah, and I yeah, do yeah. I am in full agreement with you that it is a fucking amazing that uh, near dark score is, is fucking brilliant I love it. It's on various playlists on my computer. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, same here. Yeah. yeah. In fact, all of these are on various playlists. I'll have like a YouTube playlist. I'll have the Spotify playlist and that sort of thing. And the, all these songs, the tracks are in. And I think both of them. a couple of podcasts ago, where we were doing the uh, sequel as films and that, I've mentioned Near Dark and we got on about the soundtrack then. Oh, okay. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah. Because it's, it's a high point of the yeah. film. I mean, so. a lot of, well, a lot of me doing this list was going through my personal playlist. Yeah. And going, oh shit, yeah, I've got to do this and I've got to have that, and then realizing, well, I've got 30 now and I've got to do a top 10. And this is tricky. It is fucking <laughs> tricky. But so same far, same so with, good. Same with Goblin. They've done so many, but the Suspiria is always the one that sticks in my head. Yeah, although I really fucking love the soundtrack to Tenebrae. Yeah, that's, yeah. That was used more recently. I was, I was watching a film mm-hmm. called, oh, what the fuck was it? Piercings? Okay, I don't know that one. Uh, what was that? I remember the film being something about some bloke who brought like a prostitute back to his uh, apartment, and they start like doing fucked up shit to each other. Right. And at the end, are you sure you weren't just reading the womb? No, 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 no. And traffic cones involved in this one. There wasn't no. And at the end, over the over the end credits, they were basically and throughout the film now and again they were using the music from Tenebrae. Oh, okay. Yeah, but oh, it worked. Oh. Obviously, he paid for the royalties, yeah, and yeah, it yeah. worked. But we hope he did. Yeah. The soundtrack to uh, Demons is a oh yeah 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 is a is a great soundtrack as well. And it's yeah, pretty much yeah. yeah, pretty much anything that I've seen or heard of Goblin, Goblin I always yeah. really like. It's one of those you'd love to see them live. Yeah, the Dawn of the Dead soundtrack's fucking brilliant. Yeah. My mate Sonny, you know Sonny. Yeah, yeah. He saw them live. Oh, cool. Yeah, in a yeah, church. Oh, Oh, I bet that was impressive. Yeah, it was really cool. He played like the, the stuff from Suspiria and that. He said it was really <laughs> fucking good. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Oh, what location? Have a film to play as well. Yeah, cool. yeah. Cool. They had, they had, I think they had like Suspiria on in the background on a screen in oh, a right. church with Goblin playing oh, the music oh, live or something like that. It, it, was it actually a, a church that's still in use then, not an old? I don't know. I don't know how they would have got the... Because you'd think you're expecting some way of religious to be like, or someone religious rather to be like, oh, hang on. I don't think I don't so. horror related. Not in the Stuff name of my God. Yeah. But yeah, you he made said Jesus people. sad. Yeah. You made Jesus weep. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus wept. <laughs> uh, what are we on? Number uh, five. five. All right. For my five, it's from 1960 by Bernard Herrmann, and it's Psycho. Ah, okay. Are you sure it's not? Reanimator. Uh, reanimator. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually written down here about like the reanimator score. Yeah. 
almost being note for note. Yeah. I don't know how he got away with it. I don't know if, if there's music from Psycho's in the public domain now and you can pretty much borrow as much of it as you like. I don't fucking know. Yeah, but, yeah not a clue. But it is so much of a rip-off. Apparently, Alfred Hitchcock, the most famous piece of that music is obviously the shower mm-hmm. scene kill with Marion Crane. Apparently, Hitchcock wanted that to be silent. Okay. And was talked out of it by Bernard Herrmann mm-hmm. and Hitchcock was fucking wrong. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Because it's you know is is an example of uh, an example of the, the director being completely wrong because yeah. that music makes that scene. Yeah, I mean everyone knows that. Everyone at some point has made that little kind of well, without been, really knowing the. It's been uh, parodied in anything from The oh, Simpsons yeah. to uh, Police Academy. Did Wayne's World do it or something? Yeah, like, uh, yeah. European Vacation. Yeah. They had the same sort of scene, and yeah. even people who have never seen Psycho we'll know, know that, that music. Yeah. That, that that string. Yeah, just, just that bit, not the actual. You played in the main theme, they probably wouldn't realise what it was to start with. Yeah, yeah, but they probably think it was Reanimator. Yeah. <laughs> it was never nominated for an Oscar. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. And it really should have been because yeah. it's probably one of the most famous music scores mm. ever. Like I say, especially the, the strings and the shower yeah. thing. That is um, one of those scores that you're going to have to call it iconic because it is. It's just... There's a lot more to the score than that. I yeah. mean, oh, yeah. All, all, the, all the sort of stuff, music that's playing over when uh, Marion, Marion Crane flees with all the money and stuff is driving is sort of like really quite up tempo and sort of adds to the panic that she's going through yeah. with the, yeah. when she's fighting with a conscience of should she have took the money is she going to get arrested there's a policeman not yeah, far yeah, behind yeah, her yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know it really it really emphasises that I'm in the shit here am I going to get fucking arrested am I going to get caught kind of thing it's a really sort of clever piece of music to fit the scene mm-hmm. uh, as the entire score is again going back to the shower scene, perfectly fits what yeah. at least what's yeah, going definitely. on on the screen. It's a great because you get that that screeching bit at the start of it, and then of course once you get it goes down to that deeper mm. kind of notes so when she's when you just see the the blood. Yeah, sort of like it, the, it sort of brings you down. Yeah. in the aftermath of the of the kill yeah. because you need that. You've got that screech of like the shocking moment, and then it brings it down to the whole. It's almost like a, fate, a musical adrenaline rush. Yeah. You know, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. the initial sort of like the murder and the stabbing and that sort of brings you up to a massive like <laughs> I like how we're both miming the little stabbing. <laughs> <laughs> can I do that? Well, I've, I kind of done it as well. Yeah, so, so yeah, it's a massive high of the kill and then she sort of falls, drags the shower curtain mm. down and, and mummy slash Norman runs out and it's sort of, yeah, like you say, the tempo comes down and it, drops out. it goes right. deeper yeah. in, 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 and it, I think it's like, yeah, the, the downward spiral of that, that high of the yeah. kill is so fucking clever. Yeah, it, Fits it perfectly. Yeah, and I don't know what Hitchcock was thinking because that shit scene would have. It probably would have still been quite. Maybe in his head, he just couldn't think of a score that would fit that. Yeah. Yeah, he was like, I don't want music playing through it because it's not going to work. And then. Luckily, he hired a composer that proved him wrong. Yeah. Yeah, And he he listened to him and took, yeah, which is good. Yeah. Because it's too easy for a director or whoever to go like, no. Yeah. Yeah. I I make the decisions. And from what I know of Hitchcock, he was famously quite bolshy and (laughs) stubborn. So the fact that he was, was that talking a British around, thing, right? <laughs> well, I don't know, I don't know, but uh, yeah, he was talking around, and, and thank God he was because yeah. that seems even more iconic, mm-hmm. yeah, because of the score. Yeah, no, definitely. Okay, yeah. yeah, it was a good pick. Was that five? That was my number five. Yeah. Okay, so it's time for my number five. Okay. I'm going to guess the year because, like I said, I didn't write them down. I think it was 1979, and this is a. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll start. <laughs> yeah, I'll just do that again. I love that. So my number five, <laughs> a 
I think it was 1979, and that's by Jerry Goldsmith, and it's the music from Alien. Right, somebody said Alien. She thought they said Illegal Alien and signed oh. up. That nearly made my list too. <laughs> Alien's Day's uh, 26th of the 4th. 426 the planet oh okay doesn't know and so i watched yeah, alien yeah. and i was sort of like really paying attention to the score uh, because we had this podcast coming up and my favorite part of the score is the sort of creepier part when dallas is in the tunnels mm-hmm. looking for the xenomorph the score at that point is at its best that's all sort of a more tempo and higher pitched sort of like yeah, screeches yeah, yeah. of whatever instrument it, um, uh, it i just like it from the very opening as the word alien is forming on the screen and you've got that slightly windy kind of going on and then you get that little it's like a scribble of the strings in the background that just because you, you've got that tone of that like I said that kind of windy noise and you're like yeah okay and then you get that little discordant scribble in the background with them strings and you're like oh what the fuck it's just yeah and then there's I don't know what it is that, let me see if I've written anything pretentious <laughs> when when the, towards the end of the, the, the word alien forming on the screen something else sort of kicks in it's almost like oh what the fuck I don't know what instrument I, would be. I have written something pretentious for it though go for it I've put as to quote the character of Ash its structural perfection is matched only by its hostility <laughs> there you go <laughs> fucking hell I know that was really pretentious getting all muzo on me <laughs> oh, I'm going to be this much of a fucking pretentious dick <laughs> oh, fuck me what, no, have, it, I what have I done again though you probably disagree with me completely I prefer the score to Aliens I was listening to both of them to try and decide whether I needed to put aliens on there or not, but for me, the alien score is just superseded. I just like that. Are you, uh, an, are you an, in general, though, in terms of the films, are you an alien or aliens man? I don't know, because they're tonally, they're two different films. They are. One is a really creepy horror movie, and the other one's an action, an action movie. It's all with horror elements. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I. I, I quite vocally sit on the side of Aliens I love Alien but I think Aliens is the better movie it's, I don't know. from a horror standpoint Alien is the better film I don't know if I was going to I don't know it's a, I, I'm, I'm one of those people that go like, fucking odds I can't pick I'd need to, it's one, I'm going to have to sit I'd have to sit and watch them again back to back and then see if I make a decision yeah. don't get me but, wrong I'm not, I'm not slating Alien it's a really effective horror movie mm. uh, it's you know the sort of slow reveal of the of the xenomorph really adds to the creepy factor. And the performances are great. Yeah. Sigourney Weaver's fucking amazing and in that film. And for its time, she wasn't the main character as such. It was... Um, it was supposed to be a dude anyway. I it think. was Tom Skerritt, wasn't it? Who was, yeah. Well, he's the one whose people knew. Yeah. He was he was expected to be the hero character and then he's been killed yeah. off. And yeah. people weren't ready for it or weren't expecting it. I watched, yeah, I watched it the other day and I watched the uh, director's cut. And there's scenes in that that really didn't work. It's like... I don't think I've seen the director's curve. She goes into uh, one part of the spaceship and finds like the aliens uh, imprisoned. Uh, oh, where they've cocooned on. The... They, they've cocooned Dallas. Oh, okay. And I think he's got like an alien in him, but I don't know how because. Oh right. There was yeah, no queen. No... Oh right. <laughs> so well, I guess that's, that's probably they why they cut it. Had that yeah. Theory as well about. Yeah, yeah, it might have been. Yeah, no, it's a great score, yeah. and it works really effectively with the film again it's, it's and the other reason setting. I picked it over Aliens because to me Aliens is more of a sci-fi action than a horror which is why the Alien score came in rather than but I, I like them both equally I think yeah I think I prefer Aliens because it's just a bit more up-tempo and exciting yeah. no I just like this fucking creepiness of it and those sudden almost jarring little like I said those scribbly notes of the strings that have a, you, you're not expecting them if you've not heard it before and they just sort of jump out and, yeah yeah uh, 
It's hard to talk about fucking music, man. This is so difficult. <laughs> it really is. You can dissect the film all day, but when you start dissecting the music, yeah. you have to have some form of an idea what you're talking about. Yeah, and I don't and know. And I much don't know about. that we do. <laughs> I mean, we've both been in bands. Yeah, we can read music to a certain extent. But... I can't read music. I've played yeah. in many, many uh, punk bands. I can't read no oh, music. I can read regular music and. I can read tab. tab. Yeah. Yeah, but that's it. I can, I can read regular music a little bit. I can't. I play by ear. Yeah, I, yeah. To be fair, if I yeah, I mean you don't need to now because when we used to play all that stuff, it was pre-internet. You have to play by ear. Yeah. Now you can just go online and like, oh, where's the tablature for whatever? And yeah, exactly. It makes life a lot easier. But we're not. But what we've all we've both been musicians. <laughs> I won't go that far. Air quotes. I wouldn't go that fucking far. Um, <laughs> we're definitely not musos. No. And yeah. So it, it adds an element of difficulty to dissecting like the work of. of very yeah. talented musicians. Yeah, composers and so on that we don't. I think I've got good ears for music. I think I can I can appreciate well played music and talent and things like that. But to form a sentence around why it's good, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's not a specialty of mine. No, <laughs> no, it's it's hard work. Yeah, I reviewed by saying, "Oh, that's fucking good." Yeah, I mean, all of the, yeah, this could have been like yeah, num- well, I could have just gone yeah, number five, Alien, really good. Give it a listen. Yeah, your turn, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I agree. With you. It's, it's it's tonally fitting mm, for the film it definitely. really it again adds attention I've got a feeling it was one of the first actual movie scores I bought as well oh really I mean Shocker was the first <laughs> but that doesn't count because it's not a score no, it's, it's not just a score just a, it's a various artist and I think Alien was probably the first movie score I've, I've bought mm. and I've, I've listened to it later it, again it's something that I always it will always cycle into my playlist yeah it's one of my go to ones if I just want to set a creepy atmosphere for writing or reading or whatever it's on plenty of mine. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it, it's a great soundtrack, um, and it, it it works perfectly with the, with the film. Yeah, with that slow build of terror. That, yeah, the, definitely. The films. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's brilliant. Good choice. Cool. Not on my list. Okay. No, that's fair enough. But nearly. Not, uh, yeah. It's on my big long list. <laughs> yeah. Well, so was your um, Cannibal Ferox isn't on mine. No. For Holocaust. It, uh, Holocaust. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot which one. But it was it was close. Yeah, it was close. It was that was a that was a near miss. We'll go to my number four then, shall we? Yeah, let's go for it. My number four is 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 my uh, hard to pronounce one. Okay, it's from nineteen ninety two by Wojciech Killer. Well, I've got the same number four, so I'm glad you. It's Bram Stoker's Dracula. It is. Yeah, <laughs> I knew. As soon as you said the name, I'm like, thank God you did it before I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my number four. I've got a um, red vinyl version of the soundtrack oh, shit, yeah. that I've played to death it's fucking brilliant it's, it, there's so many different things going on on that soundtrack well it's got a hint of previous Dracula scores in there there's even a hint of like the, the hammer one in there and things yeah. like that do, do, do. Yeah. oops there we and go again in I'm trouble. sure there's a little bit of the 1932 one as well and things like that there's just so many little whilst being its own thing at the start of the film when it's all about the uh, wars that um Vlad the Impaler fights. You've got a very sort of like military, almost sort of like um, marching kind of like... It's like when um, you're getting the um, voiceover. Yeah, yeah. The and, then, and then when as the film goes on and it gets to the more sort of tragic, doomed love story element, mm-hmm. you get a very sort of kind of beautiful, romantic, yet not quite... Yeah, yeah, which fits perfectly yeah. for what the film is and what the story is. Yeah, it it it, um, it elevates the film above just being another fucking um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not the only thing. Obviously, like um, Francis Ford Capella's visuals in that film oh, yeah. also make the movie, but the soundtrack. But the soundtrack on its own is key because all of these are soundtracks that I could listen to 
as a soundtrack. I don't need to watch the film. Yeah. I can listen to the soundtrack. I even really love Annie Lennox's song on that soundtrack, The Love Song for a Vampire. Fear not, my friend. Lennox will not harm you. Lennox is good. It's sort of very sort of... I'm trying to remember how that, I don't remember that one. Very yeah. slow, sort of almost gothic love song. I don't know if that's on the one I've got. Okay, it's on the one I've got. Okay, I'll have Yeah, to. it's great. Okay, I mean, you know, you obviously that. know the song if oh, you yeah. heard the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just can't think if it's on my... I'll have to check. Yeah, but it, there's, there's parts of the soundtrack that are almost heartbreakingly beautiful to match the the, the love affair between uh, Dracula and, and Mina, Mina Harker yeah. is also tragic. Mm. Yeah, kind of beautiful. Yeah, yeah, which, like I said, matches yeah. the story perfectly. And it's a soundtrack that, because you get a lot of soundtrack there, people refer to it as epic music. Yeah. And I listen to a lot of that when I'm working and things as well. And this fits right in there with that. I think it's quite happy, would work as an epic yeah. music score. Yeah, definitely. It's just Yeah, in the same way... Probably uh, you probably won't agree, but in the same way, sometimes I'll put on a soundtrack that I want that's kind of epic to mm. just sort of like gallop about in the, uh, yeah, in the yeah. background, <laughs> and it works for me. I'm the so same. I visualise you galloping about now. Oh, I don't gallop about. Uh, I had visions of the Monty Python thing, someone banging coconuts behind <laughs> you whilst you're pretending to ride a horse. But it works for me on the same level as when I sit there and I'll put like one of the Lord of the Rings soundtracks on. Yeah, yeah. That kind of there's, there's so much scope in the soundtrack, so many different sort of like themes and things going on. Yeah. The Lord of the Rings soundtracks like that, you've got different, uh, totally different sort of like parts for the Hobbit or some of the battles, uh, things like that. But it's the same with Dracula. Mm. Yeah, there's yeah, so many different tones, but they all yeah fit so well. Yeah, um, and I, but but I love that little nod to previous soundtracks that just sneak in here and there. Which yeah. Is, yeah, it pays his dues to. Yeah. The, I mean, there's been a lot of variations of Dracula. Oh yeah, and but uh, they have like the hammer thing just sneaking, and I think that's is that in the opening track? I think I can't remember. But it's, yeah, there's all yeah because um it sort of starts off battly sort of dun 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 dun. That's the one. Yeah. And then when the credits come out, it suddenly goes like clear fucking horror noise as the I looked. It's fucking so eclectic. It's all over the place, and I really really like that. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah. Well, we've both got that at number four. Oh, there you go then. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Um, you might as well jump into your number three, I guess. Why not? <laughs> yeah, red vinyl. I'm very fucking fond of that. I keep meaning to get get back into vinyl. I ended mm. up getting rid of all mine. I don't even have a record player anymore. Oh, really? I need to get a USB one, I think. And, but the problem is that's going to be more things to buy. Yeah, more room to store stuff. Yeah, and I don't have room for my books at the moment. My TBR piles, I think I'm on. I'm building a pile four now that are all shoved against the cupboard by my sofa. I picked up like eight books last week or something. So. Well, my plan is when I... Um, You're going to be entombed with all your stuff. Is this yeah, when, when I get to a point where I've got no more room for records, I'm just going to throw the kids out. <laughs> Maybe they've moved out by then. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bored of them now anyway. Well, they're handy to have around in case you need like a kidney or something. That's why we have kids in the first place. You joke, but I can see that happening. I get <laughs> constant kidney pain at the minute. Oh, shit. Okay. I was wake up in the morning and I'm like... Fuck it, what's going on? Yeah, my kidneys always hurt, and I think I've just <laughs> pickled them. <laughs> and and this last but year, that then preserve them. Yeah, this last year I've actually been really good, and I haven't drunk that much, but they still hurt. So I'm probably going to end up on some sort of like pissy smelling dialysis machine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, coming to you from the iron lung. Yeah. All right, my number three then. Okay, Here we my go. number three. Is is John Carpenter? Okay, and 
I kind of hummed and hard oh, which one? about which one to put on here. Okay. And I've I've gone with the obvious. I've gone with Halloween. Oh, okay. But it was a toss-up between this and The Fog, because I really uh, fucking love this yeah, soundtrack yeah, yeah. to The Fog. Ultimately, Halloween won out. Won out. Okay. It is his most... It won out because it's not only his most popular score, but it's also probably one of the most famous horror movie scores yeah. that isn't Psycho or Jaws. We've said that word, or I've said iconic a lot, but it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I thought of the bigger picture. I thought, not just in terms of the main jingly-jangly key score, <laughs> but the entire score throughout the film is brilliant. Mm. Even the more subtle elements of the score, when it's just Michael Myers standing behind a hedge watching somebody, that score is still subtly putting dread into your fucking system. Yeah. The whole part where he's stalking everybody before the uh, the murders kick off. That's my favourite part of the score. And it is iconic, like you say. So that's not that pretentious to say that, I don't think. No. And apparently, he only composed it because he didn't have any fucking money and figured he was the fastest and cheapest composer. Just himself, yeah. Yeah, and they composed it in like no fucking time at all. I think it was a matter of weeks. Oh, it's a simple... Well, the, the, what everyone referred to the Halloween theme. Mm. It is a simple tune to play. Simple, but it's got a really but weird time fucking effective. signature to it. Yeah, which I guess Phantasm took a little hint of that. Yeah. But... It was different enough to not be um, reanimator psycho kind of blatant. It was weird as well because usually when they compose scores for films, they do it in front of a screen so they can compose the music to the scene that's playing out. But John Carpenter didn't have any of that. He just had to compose the score and then make it fit. I'm presuming that's what went on with Philip Glass then. He didn't. Well, no, clearly not. I don't know. I never, I never read that, but that makes sense. But yeah, uh, John Carpenter didn't have that. So once he composed it, he then had to make it fit, and it really fit. It adds a new layer to the film that, that again, it would just be a, a dumbed down thing. I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't. It's a great movie on its own, but I don't think it'd be what it is without the soundtrack. Mm. You know, it added something extra to stop it from just being some generic slasher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Movie fair. Although there wasn't generic slasher movies back then so much, but. No, that was still the infancy of Yeah, movies. it's a great score, and that's the only reason that it beat out The Fog, because I love The Fog. The soundtrack to The Fog yeah, is probably one of my favourite yeah. Carpenter scores. Yeah. Yeah, because Halloween is one that I toy with, and it didn't make the cut. Really? But yeah, I did. I did toy with it. I just compared to some of these other ones, which I might get into. Very, <laughs> my next one, mm. I just as much as I like it, I think it is. It is a little bit repetitive. I know what your John Carpenter score is. It's my number three. So do you want to go with it? What do you think? I think it's Christine. Yeah, it's Christine. Yeah, it's not as much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, and that is my number three. So we well, let's discuss. Let's discuss it. both then, as we're on John Carpenter. John Carpenter's given us some of the most iconic. Oh God, I've said it again. But it's given us some <laughs> of the, the greatest horror scores of all time. Absolutely. It's just, and even the, and the um, what are those CDs he's got out? The Lost. The Lost. Theme, lost themes. Yeah. Stuff that never got. They're really, really good. I mean, this is excellent. Yeah. yeah all, all of those. Are, they could just be in a movie, and they're, they're just so good. Another composer that I haven't seen yet that annoyingly Sonny went to see live and said he was fucking brilliant. Oh, and he had like a, another backdrop sort of like with bits of his films playing on it while yeah, he was like composing yeah. it. He'd done one a few years it. ago on a, a Halloween, I think he played. That was the one that he went to. Four or five years back, I think. Yeah. 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 So yeah. went to that and it was like, oh, I, I, I didn't even know anything about it. I just saw he'd like tweeted a photo of like, now in the thing to watch John Carpenter live. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck? I wish I'd known about this. Yeah, his scores are fucking brilliant. The I mentioned it earlier, the Escape from New York score is yeah. great. They Live, we spoke about that yeah, a little bit. Yeah. 
That's got almost more like a Western feel to it. That yeah, but it's cool. Fits that. But, and yet he's still very obviously John Carpenter. Yeah. He's got a style that sort of just adapts. Piper's best acting role. Yeah. Because. Are not... you slagging off? Hell comes to Frogtown. He didn't act worth <laughs> shit. In that. Come on. He was the that, last yeah, but, potent man. Yeah, but then you watch it. It's when he like a he was arrested for all the raping he's been doing. Who's that? Roddy Piper's character. Was he? Uh, yeah, he was like uh, the whole thing was that he's quite rapey. Oh yeah, yeah. They, yeah. But then they wanted him for his. I him in real life. No, no, no. <laughs> God, Christ, no. <laughs> that would really upset Not, me. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, his character of um, oh, something hell. What was his first name? I can't remember. Sam Hell. That's it. I knew it was a, to do with a, you know, one. The Sam Hell. Yeah, yeah. He's Sam Hell. But I'm sure the reason his character gets arrested is for raping. Yeah. But John Carpenter basically so, has one theme that he completely adapts. Yeah. For a different film. And even the vampire, becomes... the vampire soundtrack, I like. I don't remember. I've seen that film once. Again, it's got that very western mm. kind of feel to it, and. Yeah, I've seen it once many years ago and hated it. <laughs> I don't think it was that bad. Uh, and but, yeah. if I remember rightly, the Ghosts of Mars soundtrack was a bit more. It was it was more metal inspired. He had okay. a lot more. He put a lot more heavy metal sort of sounding no, instruments into it. It was shit. But Christine edged out Halloween for me because as much as I like the Halloween one, the theme gets used so often it is a little bit repetitive. I know it's carrying Agreed. that theme, but for me, the, whereas the Christine one is a bit more of a complete. No, that sounds pretentious as well. <laughs> Fucking hell. There's no way around it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it you're just going to have to be you're... pretentious. <laughs> I don't like it. I even like, I bought the vinyl, and I bet vinyl, like some... Yeah, no, he's doing the fucking... I bought the, uh, the vinyl soundtrack to the 2018 Halloween film that he composed with his kid, mm-hmm. Cody Carpenter, and it's fucking brilliant. It's, obviously, they've used a lot of the original score, but they've really added to it. Uh, they've added a lot sort of, like, how to describe it. Without being been, pretentious. There's a lot more going on within the score, even though it's the same themes. If that got you, makes got sense, yeah. they've added a lot more depth to the to the music, and there's a lot more variation of different sort of beats and things that they've put into the the, the, the familiar old score yeah, yeah, to make yeah, it stand right. out. So it's just not another retread yeah. of the fucking Halloween soundtrack from 1978. It's a really okay. good sound. I do I do recommend. Yeah, you sit and listen to the that. to the 2018 score. The yeah. Halloween Kills score was just more of the same, right. which is fine. Yeah, yeah. If it's not broke, yeah. don't fix it. Yeah. kind of thing. But uh, I mean, they added a bit of variation. But yeah, I mean, it was I was on the fence because I overall prefer the the fog yeah. soundtrack, but that, this that is, is so really iconic. Yeah, yeah, is that word? There it is again. Yeah, um, which is why I went for Christine. I just prefer that soundtrack. Yeah, and even though it doesn't have that that word again, yeah. as, as the Halloween theme does, I just prefer it as a soundtrack. To me, though, I mean, the soundtrack to Halloween, especially as I was saying, the sort of more stalky parts of Michael Myers when he's sort of like following the babysitters around and getting the sort mm-hmm. of handle on. What's going on in that movie? He is just a man in a mask, but the the music gives him more of an eerie boogeyman quality. But that's why, I like in the Christine soundtrack, isn't it? I think it's the bit where Christine's reforming herself and yeah. it goes into like a slight sexy kind of music thing going on. Yeah, which is weird when you think about it, but it suits what's going on because that link between Arnie and Christine as well is the love it's story. Just, yeah, yeah, in a weird way. No, man in his car. Yeah, but then I mean, I'm I'm, I'm, a, I'm a car fan. Especially muscle cars because I love them, and you do almost have that relationship with machine. Not, not in a pervy, you're going to fuck yeah. the car kind of way. No. But but if you love cars, you know you find the the, the whole design of certain cars beautiful to look at. Oh god, we're going to end up doing a favourite fucking <laughs> cars thing because I love the the is it the the Hemi Cuda out of Phantasm. 
the Reggie drives. Yeah. Fuck, that's a cool car. Yeah. Because we, we didn't get that sort of car here in the UK. No. Someone would import one. You might see one going around. I was actually on, online the other day, just on eBay. I was bought, I, I do this. I tease myself. <laughs> I, I boredom look for cars that I can't oh, afford. Okay. And like I said, I've mentioned I, I'm a big appreciator of muscle cars. So I look mm. for like Dodge Chargers and like things like that. And I was looking at Plymouth Furies. And I did find one that needs a bit of work on it. And it was a different colour, it went red, for about 17 grand. And I thought, fucking hell, that's actually not that bad. <laughs> it went in, in awful nick. Yeah. And then I found, I just found a headlight for one after that. And they didn't have a great deal of them. But I thought, if I had 17 grand, I would pay that. And then I'd paint it red. But there's things like, like muscle cars weren't really a thing here. And those, like those, the car with the flared, the fins and things didn't, white wall tyres didn't really happen over here. No. There's certain, I think we're a bit more reserved with our vehicles. I don't know. Well, because we're a smaller country. Yeah. We didn't have... We can go as far to travel. No, I mean, if people in this yeah. country come into a amount of money and they buy a car, it's usually like more of a sports car, but yeah. I'll probably buy a Porsche or, you know, if they've got a lot more money, a Ferrari or a Lamborghini. Well, no, most people will be like, oh, they get a BMW or an Audi or something and get the sportier versions of Yeah, or an Aston Martin or something. Yeah. Yeah, which don't get me wrong. I love Aston Martin. They're beautiful yeah. cars and Lamborghinis are beautiful cars and I'd happily own one, but I'd, more, I'd be more inclined to spend my money I'd on I'd happily own one, but I would hardly use it for the amount of gas they drink. Yeah, yeah. I, Especially I, with our, our prices at the I was chatting to a bloke who works on that garage. You know the roundabout at March, where you can either go into March or towards Huntington. Tesco roundabout. Yeah. yeah, some bloke had been to London to pick up a 57 Chevy. Oh, okay. And he said he kept stopping, he, he got one mile to the gallon trying to bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> he said it needs a bit of work. <laughs> I mean, the engine half. would be a little bit better than that when he'd Jesus. done it, but one mile to the gallon. Yeah. I was like, fucking hell. <laughs> That's, that, especially with the way price has got uh, the price of fuel going up now why not just do but then surely nowadays you can do a car that looks like that but have a, an electric because weren't there ones they were doing that you could just unclip the frame and you could put a different body on it, or you can put a different body on the frame yeah so you'd be like oh I'm going to drive this one today and then oh fuck it I'll put the one that looks like a here's the thing though Chevy I mean whatever. I appreciate the need for electric cars mm-hmm. and helping to improve the environment but you don't get that roar of I love a V8 engine yeah. The sound of a V8 engine is one of my favourite fucking sounds in the world. It's <laughs> annoying. Yeah, so... We don't want to go down the Jeremy Clarkson route of shouting, power! But... No. I know, I, I understand <laughs> yeah. that we need to do something, but I will be kind of sad the day the V8 engine dies out. They were still using them in Mad Max times, mate. It's fine. No one, no one drove around the fucking wasteland in a Prius. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really spat. Coffee <laughs> <like> coffee. <laughs> I mean, that would have been a tragic fucking thing if... The silently Max's drives past. It's just like a fucking Tesla. Yeah. yeah, but I think at that point, what's the point in trying to save the fucking environment? Yeah, but then you just do the... Um, oh, I forgot the name of the fucking film again. Turbo Kid. Just BMXs and shit. Yeah. That was such a good film. Well, you do electric, well, but if it was an electric car, then at least mimics the sound. So you can still have the noise pollution. Yeah. I, I know, know it wouldn't be the It'd same. It'd be like listening but... to a shit covers band, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's true. And nobody likes a shit covers band. <laughs> Go see the original band. Yeah. Fuck the covers band. But oh, we're really off topic now. We needed to a little bit, I think, because it was so much fucking hard work doing, talking about sound. Yeah, but uh, yeah, again, you sort of said about Goblin earlier. I mean, you can't have a list as a horror fan without John Carpenter no. on there somewhere. No, Whether it be exactly. The Fog or Halloween or Christine. But his other scores as well, like I say, I mean, it's not a horror film, but Escape from New York's fucking brilliant score. Yeah, yeah. well, like I said, the, the lost things are excellent. I need to pick them up. I think they're only like seven or eight quid for the... CD or whatever. Yeah, because I'm still I still like physical stuff, so I still buy. CD I like physical stuff because well, I've got a fucking massive record collection. 
There's that, that thing about being a bit of a nerd in it. You've you got to have the physical stuff most of the time. Yeah. Books are on 50-50. If something's cheap on Kindle, I'll nab it. But if I really like it, I'll try and find a physical copy. I prefer books. I do. Uh, my wife, she doesn't really care for books. She reads a lot, but she just loves a Kindle. Yeah. And it is handy. Because uh, I, can, I can read in bed without putting a lamp on. So my wife can be asleep next to me. I haven't got a lie on. I can just sit and read the Kindle. I'll just have a go at her for being a soulless demon. <laughs> But it's not often I do it. It's only when sometimes you'll look and you're like, oh, this book is out of print and to get a physical copy is like 60, 70 quid. But the Kindle one's still like, you know, four. Yeah. So I'll spend four pounds to get the Kindle edition until I can find a physical one somewhere in a bookshop. You never know what's going to crop up. No, exactly. Well, yeah, we're still digressing. But like the, the novelisation of the thing, I think that was Alan Dean Foster who wrote that. You can't fucking get that. Anyway, that's like 75 quid for the book. Yeah. Can't find, I think that's not even available on digital, which is really fucking annoying. But. I was having a look early because I remember being younger, like being a kid, and there was a bookshop in town and I brought... It was basically... Was that the one that the, went on the... It was right at the bottom of Church Muse. Yeah. Yeah, and I went in there and I brought... It was a novelisation of A Nightmare on Elm Street 1, 2 and 3 in the oh, same okay. book. And it was a real nice book and it had like sections throughout the book with like photographs from the oh, films shit, and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to do that. And... I don't own it anymore. I don't know what happened to it. Mm. I don't know if it got lost as you grow up and things do, or my parents might have fucking sold it at a car yeah, boot. It no and you can't buy mm. that book mm. cheap anymore. I had, um, for some reason, The Hills of Eyes 2. Right. I had that one. And Life of Brian. Oh, wow. I had that as a, but it's one of those. Do you remember we used to get some. God, we're really fucking digressed now. But some second hand books that have like a little chunk taken out of it and had like a little notch in it yeah, a, yeah the, the, my Life of Brian one was like that I had that little rectangular notch taken out of it all the way through cool. just along one the only thing that it was exactly the film apart from one bit when coming is uh, I think John Cleese's character calls uh, he's called Brian a klutz or something like that it's not klutz in the script it's cunt oh they, they obviously <laughs> took that bit out <laughs> I had loads of novelisations of it I remember having I had Predator and Robocop oh okay I had uh, I had I think I don't know. I just must have gone through a phase of buying like adaptions of fucking films. I had Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Did you not have the books with the cassette? It made the little yeah. time to tell you when to turn the page. Yeah, no, I had I had um, I had the Star Wars ones. I had like New Hope and Empire and that. And, and, and Gremlins. And yeah. every time you had to turn over R two D two beat. That's done a little beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had the Gremlins one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that was like Gizmo made a noise or something. I can't remember, but yeah, uh, I I love those books. They were those fucking, all listening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was an early precursor to audiobooks. For anyone who's like 30 or less, probably don't know what we're talking about. No, it was basically like an early sort of version of the audiobook. Yeah, but you'd have a crappy cassette tape that you'd have to turn over. And the book was short, but it was still like... And you, but you had all photos in it, and you'd do have a little bit... The book was just basically... The, the tape was just reading what was on the page. With soundtrack. Sound effects, yeah. yeah, music and so sound effects of. and stuff. Yeah, anyway, what the fuck are we on about? Um... So yeah, to sort of wrap my Halloween thing up. We were both doing our number threes, weren't we? Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's funny that the Halloween score is basically the result of Carpenter having no money and a synthesizer. Yeah, and it's the, one of the most iconic. Yeah, my, my <laughs> and it is kids know what it is. Like my well, he's going to be eight in on Friday, so he knows the tune. He, he knows it's Halloween. Yeah, obviously he's never seen the films or anything. No. You know, but he knows it. He's heard it in other things, and yeah, and Christine too is a good choice because it's great. Uh, yeah, again, it's you know, sort of engine revvings and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. John Carpenter's obviously a car fan. Yeah, they're both great. Yeah, okay. So that's kind of both our number three. So we're still. All right. Do I go back to you then for your? I'll do my number two then. Okay, okay. My number two. <laughs> I wonder if you're fucking the same one. Is from 1980 by Wendy Carlos, and it's The Shining. Ah, okay. No, not the same. 
No, I haven't got that one. It's my number two. Okay. <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. Again. That it, opening thing. All of it. But yeah, it's the opening theme, obviously, where the sort of like, camera's following him as he winds his way to the Overlook. Which is repeated in the new one when at the same moment going back. Yeah, that's brilliant in itself. Uh, but there's so many other things going on in that film. And, and the, the more madcap the film gets, so does the soundtrack. I must admit, I've been listening to that quite a lot lately because I'm currently reading The Shining. Oh, right. I forgot how long the book goes on, though. Yeah. There's a, there's a certain chapter, I'm like, I can skip a lot of this, where Jack's finding the old newspaper curtains and then there's all that in-depth stuff telling you about the people that they're I'm like, ah, oh, you don't need all this. It's not like 230 pages and have just been snowed in. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, man, it's, I like it, but it could have done with quite a bit. <laughs> being trimmed controversially I prefer film. Kubrick's film uh, to yeah, Stephen I King's novel I prefer the film the novel's a little bit too bloated yeah yeah. I, I prefer, like the novel I, I prefer the ending of the film I prefer the subtraction of the topiary animal yeah fucking thing I don't mind for the hedge maze initially when you just see you're not sure if it's just Jack going mad or the arm moving when he's been out and he's, I've just read that bit I think we just he's trimmed the rabbit yeah he's been out trimming some bush and then he's got freaked out and thought they're in different positions and they were getting close to him whenever he wasn't looking because he couldn't look at them all at the same time. He'd look back to one, he's like, oh, it's fucking moved or yeah. the lion was closer to him or whatever. But, yeah, I which think, that worked. But. I, th- I mean, I know Stephen King doesn't agree with me, but I think Kubrick's yeah. film is better than the book. I love the book. It's a great book. It's iconic. Yeah, well, stop yeah, saying yeah. iconic. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. It's, it's you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, as far as like, books go, it's a horror masterpiece. Yeah, no, it's, such, it's a great but, book, but it... For me, it's a little bit too bloated. Yeah, but the score to The Shining, as things get more out of control, so does the soundtrack, to the point where, towards the end of the film, where Wendy's sort of running around the hotel in a mass panic, the soundtrack's just going fucking nuts. <laughs> it's more screechy and, and high Yeah, but that's probably just matching the actress's state of mind at the time. <laughs> in real life, not... <laughs> yeah. Did you ever see that? Um, I still haven't seen it. The know. outtakes that they did where Kubrick's just being a... Fucking arsehole. Because isn't there a, it's in a documentary, isn't it? It mentions all you that. You can find it on YouTube. Yeah, I still haven't watched it. Yeah. There's so many documentaries. I still haven't watched the... Um, we're digressing again, fuck it. The uh, Canon Films documentary. Oh, yeah. I still want to see that one. There's loads. I think I've downloaded that. I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. The last two I watched were the... Oh, what them two? Oh, fuck it. I forgot the name. The, in Search the of Horror, Darkness. In Search of Darkness. There's yeah. a third one coming out soon. Yeah. Can't wait for that. Yeah, I really like them. More Tom Atkins. We're going to be happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've already given our love for him on previous things. So. Oh, Tom <laughs> the man, the mustache. Oh, I um, love that. What was your number two again? Oh, The Shining. Yeah. The Shining. Yeah, uh, it's it is a perfect example of the soundtrack setting the tone yeah. for the film. And I know I've said that a lot in other parts of this, yeah, this yeah, podcast, yeah. but it really fucking does. And it worked in Doctor Sleep. Not as a, oh, they're using that as a little... It wasn't that pretentious kind of like, oh, look, we're dropping a little hint to something. It just it just worked. Because it was that same moment going back to the hotel. When they, but they added a little bit of variation to it as well. just to Yeah, they, throughout the film, there were the odd beat and nod to that. But other than that, it had an entirely different well, soundtrack. And then as soon as they decide to go to the Overlook... That kicks that in. kicks in. And, it just and the little felt... fanboy in me got a bit of a bone. Yeah. I was like, fucking yes. <laughs> so it was like, oh, we're, we're, yeah, it was almost like, oh, we're back home in a, in a weird way. Yeah. So like, yeah, we're the going ca- back to As the... soon as that kicked in and the camera's doing exactly the That's same way, it sort of goes over the lake and over the island and on the road to follow the car around the windy thing that yeah. I got really fucking That's... excited. That's why I'm rereading The Shining because I've picked up Doctor Sleep and I haven't got around to read. I've never read it and I only picked it up this week as part of those, you know, those books I picked up this week. Yeah. So I thought I'm going to redo The Shining, which again, I found that as a hardback somewhere so I've got that that was still in my TBR pile because I haven't read it in years and I didn't actually have a copy of it anymore yeah. so I thought I'm going to read that and then I can go on to Doctor Sleep and yeah because I mean Wendy Carlos who did this 
she also did the music for A Clockwork Orange, which was oh, okay. basically rearranging Beethoven scores yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, the, and <laughs> the, the main the main theme for The Shining from the start is actually a rearrangement of a classical piece of music, but I can't remember what it's fucking oh, okay. called or who did it. Right. But she does it so well. And Kubrick uses music really well in his film. I mean, the soundtrack oh, to, to uh, A Clockwork Orange, oh, oh. it fits the film brilliantly. Yeah. Uh, that the whole loving of Beethoven and the use of singing in the rain while they're yeah, fucking exactly. beating people up and raping them. And then 2001, the music in that's fucking incredible. I, I, I still say to this day, the part where they find the monolith and the score that plays yeah. over the top of that gives me the fucking creeps. Yeah, you get that little wailing kind of... Yeah, yeah it's, on, it's on like a playlist of mine and I'll sit there and sometimes it comes on and Marie's like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and I'm like, this piece of music really gives me the willies. He loves the cock! <laughs> it's strange, but... Uh, the music in The Shining really adds to the whole unraveling of Jack and the whole terror of the of the film. Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. As as yeah. he goes sort of crazier, the music gets fucking weirder and crazier. And then by the end of the film, you, you start off with a doomy sort of do do do, and then towards the end of the film, when Wendy's having a fucking massive like panic attack and running around the hotel, it's all real high strings and like it's a lot more sort of fast paced, like up tempo. It, it's, and it's sort of reflecting his yeah, mind like and so on. And the music's almost as panicked as Wendy is. Yeah, and it's it's yeah. clever. It's it's got his madness and her panic and yeah yeah yeah. It's, it's, no, that's a good. It didn't make my cut. It didn't. It was, no, it didn't. It was close, especially especially I've been listening to it a lot. Where I'm I've just put it on whilst I've been reading the book, but it didn't. It was one of my near misses. And again, I cannot find a cheap. The only thing they did was wasn't there one that came out with the pattern of the. Yeah, I think I want to say was it Death Waltz Records? No, it wasn't. I can't remember. It's some record company that I've bought a few things from. They released seven inches, two different coloured ones. One of the what do you call it? The sleeves is red, and the other one's yellow. So you can, if you want to be a completist, you can buy both. There's only about fifteen quid each, and I haven't bought them yet. And the uh, vinyl itself is like the colour of the carpet. That's what. Yeah, Mm. that's what I was thinking of. But the the actual full LP soundtrack itself, I can't find a cheap copy of that anywhere. It's just. That's the problem with vinyl, they're just so pricey. I got a really nice Clockwork Orange one for about 10 quid. Some bloke was, uh, is it, well, what's it called? What's it, Depop? That site, Depop. Oh, Some bloke was selling it for 10 quid on there and it's oh, right. fucking mint, it's oh, perfect. Okay. I was like, you mug. <laughs> but I can't find a good copy of the Well, that's probably why I, the sort of thing that I did when I got rid of all my vinyl because I'm just like, mm. it's taking up a lot of room, I'm short on cash. And I just plugged it all for like hundred quid, and it probably you know probably more than double that. Yeah, value probably. There, I know mine's. I wouldn't do that. Mine's. Some of my stuff's worth a lot of fucking yeah. money. It's annoying now when we've been around the record store that one that we go to, and I've seen stuff in there that I sold in that bundle, and they're like fifteen, twenty quid just for one of them. Like, yeah, never mind. What's done's done. Anyway. I'm one of them dumbasses who sit there going, "Well, we can't afford to eat this week, kids, but I've got some really <laughs> fucking pricey records in there." <laughs> I sold them. I could feed you for years, but <laughs> yeah, never mind. I'm not gonna. So yeah, that's my number two, The Shining. Cool. No, it's a good pick. It just it was close. It was one of those I debated on, but I left it out in the end. Yeah. I mean, my top two, I think you'll agree with anyway. But uh, should I go on with it? Yeah, <laughs> so, go for number two. My number two is one that you have already mentioned, and it's Ennio Morricone. The thing. And it's the thing. I don't know if we can add anything. It is to, for me. It's the perfect soundtrack for that movie. You look. We both said it was that slight minimalism to it at times where it just fits that barren Antarctic landscape of nothingness and yet there's still so much going on in that soundtrack as well yeah yeah, it's just great I mean yeah. like you said probably Carpenter did have a hand in it and it's the least Ennio Morricone sounding score yeah pretty much or at least up to that point because he's so used to him of doing all the 
Clint Eastwood things and yes, uh, the, Once Upon a Time in the West. Spaghetti Westerns and all whistles and yeah. fucking... Oh yeah, Once Upon a Time in the West is all like the harmonica thing, isn't it? The start where the train comes in and you've got all the whistling and stuff yeah. there. And it, yeah, yeah, yeah That's I agree. I always knew him from. I didn't even realise when I'd first watched the thing that he had done the score. Neither did I, I until just, I can't remember what point in my life I suddenly like, yeah. paid attention and realised that it wasn't John Carpenter that yeah, scored the, it. I had the same thing. I looked and went, hang on a minute, this is Ennio Morricone. It's like, shit, I never realised and yeah, I mean, I like a lot of his Western stuff. Mm. Uh, I've got some of his Westerns. Right, I, like the movie, I like the spaghetti Western. I love all the Clint Eastwood stuff. Yeah, the Dollars Trilogy are fucking yeah. amazing. <laughs> Especially <laughs> like, the Good, Bad and the Ugly, which yeah. is by far the best one. I think I've, yeah, I think I've got all them. I've probably got like I got Pearl DVD. Rider and yeah. uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, the original Django, that sort of thing. Yeah. I love all that shit. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. It's, it's, you'd have to look and think, is that the dude who did all the Western fucking yeah. soundtracks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very different to what we used to, or at least were used to him doing, mm. but it fits so well. Yeah, absolutely. That um, the op- funny enough, the you know the opening credit scene of the thing, yeah, is one of my favourite opening credit scenes of any film yeah, ever. Sort of burns. They sort of, they did it in a fish they, tank, I think. Yeah, he had like a or a a bin bag or something that they set. It was yeah. a plastic bag that they set fire to it. But it sort of starts in space and then like, yeah. the thing sort of like burns onto the screen. The and it's so fucking clever. I think the original one done it. Or, a very similar thing where it kind of scorched onto the... Yeah. I'm sure it did. I think the letter and everything was the same as well. Yeah. But with the added yeah, the Marconi score, that's yeah, just a yeah, really yeah. fucking great opening to a film. Yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, we've discussed it we've, at some yeah. length earlier, but it's <laughs> fucking brilliant. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to say more because it'd be pretentious talking about the barren landscapes and that minimalism. I've done that enough times, man. I sound really douchey. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. I mean, like I said, I'll, 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 I'll reiterate what I said earlier where the score really does sort of help and yeah. a feeling of dread and isolation to you, the proceedings. You couldn't take one of those Italian cannibal soundtracks <laughs> and put it in here. No. It would not work. I mean, I know they seem out of place in the films that we mentioned, but in this, it just wouldn't work at all. You need... It, it gives a bit more to that sense of isolation. You can't have anything too, like, busy string work or anything like that going on because it's no. just going to... Yeah, it's going to ruin the tone. Yeah, agreed. I totally agree. Right, shall I do my number one, then? Go on then. My number one's a bit of a cheat. Is this the one where you haven't had... You've got one that you said you've repeated a composer somewhere. Is this yeah, the one? Yeah, it is. Okay. I've, I've kind of cheated here. Okay. I kind of have two soundtracks for the prize of one. I nearly did that for my number one as well. But my reasoning behind it is yeah. the second one is more a continuation of the first one. Oh, I wonder if you're going to have the same as me. Go on then. It's Hellraiser and yeah. Hellbound Hellraiser 2. Yeah, I had the Christopher. Because yeah. the second, <laughs> I love both of them equally. Yeah. Both soundtracks equally. And the second one is basically just a continuation of the first one. I had both down and I couldn't decide what to do and I just thought, I'll go with the first one because I agree, they're a continuation but I thought, I'll start at the beginning. Yeah. And I won't put two of them down but yeah. You know, you could have both soundtracks on one album playing through Yeah, and probably wouldn't even notice when the second one kicked in. Yeah. The second one's probably just a bit the more... The second one's a bit... ...produced and has a bit more going on. Like, there's yeah. a lot more sort of choral vocals and stuff, like chanting. Well, when it starts, it's a bit more louder, not bombastic. A lot more maybe. in your face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it's got the vocals over the yeah. over But the then stuff. again, they're going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Or a version of... I knew we'd have the same fucking one for number one because it's well, I wasn't such... sure, I forgot, because you mentioned Christopher Young already and I forgot you had it until now that you've got to repeat one. Yeah. And as soon as you started saying, yeah, I had the same issue, which one do I put on? And I went with the first one because I weren't going to cheat, but I would quite happily put them both. The soundtrack to Hellraiser is one of the only instances where studio interference worked worked, and yeah. the director was wrong because mm. I've heard that coil... The coil one that Clive originally wanted. It's all right, but it it's, would, it's not... It's more an industrial kind of... Yeah, they're like an industrial yeah. band, but it's not as good. No. 
you know, the, the the soundtrack to the Hellraiser, the first Hellraiser film especially, stopped it from feeling low budget. Yeah. It made it feel yeah, yeah, much yeah. grander because it is, at the end of the day, a low budget British horror movie. Yeah, it was was it like a million it was made? Yeah. Which by movie standards. Yeah. I mean some I mean some of the special effects today look a bit hokey and and silly. Well, the, the lightning stuff, like things yeah. like that, the little sparks, but the prosthetics and the makeup are just yeah, they're brilliant. Much. And the, the resurrection of Frank. Oh, it's just yeah. To yeah, this yeah, day, yeah. and the special effects are, are brilliant, mm. and the score, that whole resurrection theme oh, that plays the, over the thing, the hooks in Frank's face with the, the whole Jesus wept thing at the yeah. end is just amazing. When I saw yeah. that, everything I saw in the film, I was blown away when I first watched it. Funny enough, Marie's well, my friend too, uh, Perry. She's she likes gory horror. She doesn't like scary horror. So when she comes in there and there and again, I'll introduce her and she want to watch Hellraiser. So actually, okay. actually, Sunday was it Sunday or Monday night? She came over for tea, and I was like, "Oh, we'll watch Hellraiser." Yeah. And really excited to be watching Hellraiser. Love it. Fucking wonder what she'd think. And she turned to me at the end of the film and goes, "What the fuck did I just watch?" Really? <laughs> I said, "I think you had to be there at the start." But I said, "Didn't you like it?" She goes, "It's not that I didn't like it. I didn't get it." Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. But it is. It is a dark fairy tale yeah you've got all those fairy tale elements of like the wicked stepmother and all that sort of thing and this is one of the my favorite horror films yeah i mean like i say probably the, my favorite piece of music on the on the first film's score is the whole resurrection oh piece, yeah that's good uh where frank comes back from being a jelly blob to fucking <laughs> it's all it's it's almost operatic almost gothic but with a kind yeah. of carnival feel to it yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Throughout the soundtrack, there's like a, there's a there's almost like a carnival mm. sort of feel to, in the back of the music. Yeah, I know, I know exactly the piece you mean. It's yeah. something that you'd expect to be. Yeah, you'd see a carousel going around, or whatever you call a thing. With the yeah, and, and it just elevates. It's already like it, uh, visually impressive that scene, yeah. especially given that you know they had no fucking money, and that score was well, something that was done reverse footage. It looks good because sometimes reverse footage can look janky as fuck. Yeah, and that works yes so even to this so day like all these well. years later when we've got all this like fucking fabulous photorealistic cgi mm. i'd rather watch that any day it's we've, so we've, impressive yeah, i mean we've had this cgi over practical debate loads of times yeah it? like we said it should be there to enhance your practical effect just to smooth out some rough edges or for something you just cannot physically do you can't build a fucking realistic looking transformer you can build a statue of a transformer but not one that's going to do what it needed to do so yeah CGI makes sense they do quite well with the Jurassic yeah. Park films though because they do a mix of yeah, like, the model and work and uh, and CGI the new one's out in a few months isn't it yeah it actually looks quite good yeah I don't mind that oh, yeah. anyway that's not that's beside <laughs> yeah. the point that, the music over that resurrection scene make an already visually impressive scene just that something else mm. like, entirely just elevates it to I, I'm going to use the word iconic again <laughs> A drinking game for everyone. <laughs> no, better not, because you'd be fucking dead by the end of this. Yeah. But yeah, if you want to take a shot every time one of us says iconic. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you, but you, know, you know what I'm trying to say, though. It just, it, just, and... it just elevates that scene into something far yeah. more than it would have been with. It, like you said, it's got that gothic horror thing, but there's also that little yeah. strange fairground almost bit going on. And, it and there's a piece of music up. in the second one that I really, really fucking love. And it's the music that plays when they're in the Institute and they give the puzzle box to the little oh, girl to solve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's probably the most wonderful piece of music on that soundtrack. It's I, I play the Hellraiser soundtracks all the time. I, yeah, I, I, I bought I bought special edition releases from Death World's Records, like oh, coloured okay. vinyl releases for both of them. Oh, you and your fucking vinyl. I'll show you them, though. You will be jealous. <laughs> mm. I already am. I don't need to fucking see it. <laughs> but yeah, it's easily my favourite horror movie soundtrack. Yeah, I've, I've put that on my thing. It's, a, it's my go-to soundtrack. Yeah. 
I'm like, I'm going to, even if it's whilst I'm deciding what other soundtrack to put on that will suit whatever I'm doing, I'll just chuck Hellraiser on whilst I'm... Yeah. In a way, it's my go-to, the same as the Aliens soundtrack used to be the thing for trailers all the time. Yeah. You'd always have that music playing as a placeholder yeah. for trailers until the actual music was done, and that's how I am with Hellraiser. I'm like, I'm just going to put the Hellraiser soundtrack on, even if it is just playing whilst I'm yeah. finding something else that suits more what I'm reading or whatever. It's just, and then I end up just leaving it on. Yeah. And then, like you, put them, playing them both back to back because yeah, I do that. I have a, I, so I sort of saved good. them in my Spotify thing. Mm. So, oh yeah, I'll basically like one finishes, stick the other. Uh, the soundtrack's got a lot worse after the second film to the point where they were unrecognisable. Well, we had Motorhead doing the <coughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. That's a great song, though. It is a good song. But <laughs> I love the video as well, where he's playing chess with Pinhead. It's yeah. fucking brilliant. <laughs> Lemmy and Pinhead having yeah. a game of chess. <laughs> but yeah, the, the first two films, that soundtrack, those soundtracks, just fucking. Even, I never yeah. ever put them on and get bored of them. No, and I've yeah, I've been listening to that ever since. That was that yeah. was another soundtrack purchase for me, and I can still just be. I don't know, it has the same impact on me now as it did when I first heard it, I think. It's yeah. just... I'll make, like, a playlist of, like, uh, movie themes or horror movie themes, and you've got different bits from different films all over the place, and mm. I can pretty much guarantee every piece of music from, from the Hellraiser yeah. on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah mine will be the same. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Christopher Young stuff is great anyway. Yeah, I think it's like, I only realised when he was looking at this, like I said, he did The Cube, and I think there's only one piece of music. It's, like, might be 15, 20 minutes, yeah. but it's not really fucking good. Yeah. There's so many stuff when you look him up and go, oh, shit. Well, let's say his music it. for um, Drag Me to Hell, I fucking love that as well. Yeah, Drag Me, yeah. Yeah, it really yeah, is. It's a film. Uh, I do recommend you sit you sit and listen to the uh, Elm Street 2. Yeah, I've got to do that again. one. I know, what was my one for you, The Ritual? Yeah, I'll give that a, I'll give that a whirl. Do you want to do your um, near misses then? Okay, I can do. My uh, honourable mentions, mm. I've got five. Okay. First one is from 2014, and it's Joseph Bashawa's music to The Conjuring. I've looked at it. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. It, that's a nice, creepy soundtrack to write to. Mm. I like sticking it on and writing along to it because it's, you know, really like foreboding and doomy and just great. So <laughs> I write to that quite happily. It sort of helps if I'm writing a scene that I need to be quite dark and hopefully scary. If I put that on, it just puts me in the right frame of mind oh. to. I do have a go-to piece if I'm writing something extreme. I listen to it constantly when I was writing Abortus. And it was a band called GGFH, which I think stood for Global Genocide Forget Heaven. And their album, Disease, oh, man, I fucking love that one. <laughs> it's so good. Their whole, it's, I think it's just two guys playing like keyboards and shit and there's some movie samples in there and little bits from, it's not just movie samples, there'll be bits from like, serial killers like a little phrase or something in there and I think their whole uh, when they did a live show it just be basically like bits of gore movies and porn and all sorts of random I love things but, listen. but the sound oh, I fucking love the, the disease album it's just fucking great and it's just puts me in that right frame because it is the music's all about it'll all be about murders and stuff like that and there's one about killing rapists oh, a song's called Dead Men Don't Rape for example you know, oh, right. and it, it just suits extreme stuff I'll have to give that a listen then that sounds Sorry, right. I've interrupted your thing. No, no, no. Yeah, that's, that's I'll, one of my go-to I'll, if I'm writing something really fucked up. I'll, I'll take a look for them. Mm. That sounds good. Uh, my second film on my honourable mentions is also from 2014. Okay. And it's It Follows by oh, Disaster you know, I was that one. I just saw the cover of the car on my head. And yeah, because that yeah. comes up on mine quite a lot as well. Yeah, that's that brilliant. It's, it's really, really fucking good. It's yeah. all very 80s synth thing going on, but yeah, great soundtrack. That, that was a, a close call on mine because yeah. it was... Yeah, that's all. Didn't like, quite make it. It gets played a lot mm-hmm. on my uh, playlists. It's probably one of the more modern soundtracks that I play a lot. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen this film, 
but the soundtrack uh, it, it's a film that got kind of slated but I this really fucking liked it Gretel and Hansel from 2020 yeah. that soundtrack I've, I've never Rob, watched it but I like the sound I've listened yeah, to the soundtrack fucking brilliant. that again really atmospheric real sort of dark and almost <clears> in the same vein as Tangerine Dream mm-hmm. uh, there's, there's, there's elements of that soundtrack that kind yeah. of remind me of the near dark soundtrack okay. I don't know if you've seen this one from 2013 Under the Skin by Mika Levy don't think I have. It's a really good soundtrack. It's, it's, it's a film starring Scarlett Johansson as an alien uh, that looks like a human being wandering around uh, Edinburgh, picking oh, okay. up men and taking them back to this like weird fucking black pool thing. And it, you have to, it's hard to explain what the film's actually fucking about, but I like it. I'm just wondering how I miss Scarlett Johansson. Going she's naked in it as well. Cause... <laughs> she's got a nude scene. Just saying. <laughs> how misogynistic do we sound? You're so gross. You have to like it or you're sexist. <laughs> But the soundtrack's great. Okay, yeah. It's really weird. Was it Under the Skin? Under the Skin, yeah. It's it's a weird soundtrack, but fits the film really, really well. Finally, this nearly made the cut, because I fucking love the soundtrack. Friday the 13th. Yeah. I love... Harry Manfredini's Manfredini, fucking yeah. scatty, eclectic fucking strings all over the place. You know, the adding of the sort of like the kick, kick, thing. Fucking brilliant. Yeah. It's iconic. It's iconic. Oh, fuck. Have another shot, everyone. Yeah. It's still with us. And obviously, I mean, the soundtrack to with some variation, was used throughout the series. Yeah. And they added it to the game when the game came out oh, as yeah, well. Yeah. I think he composed new bits as well for the game. But yeah, the Friday the Fame soundtrack is great. Yeah. The, I'd, see, I couldn't do a near miss thing because it was too many. There's more I'll do yeah, if I want to. But... I mean, last last night I think I was listening to the Fried Barry soundtrack because I really like that. I haven't seen that it's, film yet. It's good. I like it. It's yeah, I know what you're saying, but I haven't got my yeah, yeah, I reviewed it for the site, didn't I? Mm. Yeah, it's... Crazy, and I love it. The, the main character is excellent. Yeah. Um, sometimes Thirty Days of Night, I'll put on. It's not. I'm not a fan uh, of that film, so I haven't I really like paid the any film. attention. I really like it. Yeah, I know you did. Yeah. I, 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 it didn't the really sequel's do a bag of shit. I don't know if I've seen that. I really like the film. It's got one of the best beheadings, on-screen beheadings at the end of the movie. There are visually things in it I, I really like, like, and I like the blood on the snow. Just, yeah, always looks, looks really cool to me. I love I like that the vampires shit. are just they are they're not romantic. They're just feral beasts. Yeah. Yeah, like rabid dogs. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen the film a couple of times, and no, I really rate it. Yeah, I think it's a Just, cracking movie. But there you go. Yeah, I'll have to give it a soundtrack another listen because I don't remember it. It's a bit more. Um, it's not so much. It's not, it's not as much melody. It's more those ambient haunting noises. Which is when I was trying uh, going through my list, and you get there's the um, was it Adam Wingard who did the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, that whole soundtrack is just. An ominous kind of. Well, the original was just else. like there was no real music or thing to no. it. It was just like clanging, yeah, bassy noise and clanging, which but when every kind of works the for the film. Yeah, it's, it doesn't work as a soundtrack to sit and listen. It's to. the same reason I didn't add the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, it's not a, a soundtrack of music. No, because it's that discordant clanging it, like, of noises, and and noises from like a slaughterhouse and things like that. that make awesome. the soundtrack. So you got that the, that, that flashbulb noise, that whine, and then you get. The, I love it. Which yeah. You know, I hear it and I think of the film immediately and it works for the film and I love it, but I wouldn't sit there and think, I'm going to put the Texas Chainsaw no, Massacre no, fucking no, soundtrack yeah, on. It's not something I'd Because it's to not do. music. Yeah. It's noise yeah. that works for the film. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't listen to it without the movie. I've tried and I'm like, it doesn't really work. It works, it's unsettling. Yeah, but it doesn't work in, in the same way that putting a soundtrack score does. It doesn't have a good beat and you can dance to it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I debated on the Tetsuo one as well. The... What was the first one? It was just Tetsu. Was it Iron Man? No, Iron Man's the sequel. No, Body Hammer. It was Iron Man. Yeah, Iron Man's yeah. the first one. Yeah, yeah. That was. It is. Re- it is. That is an industrial soundtrack because everything is metallic clangs and mm. it just gets more. Again, like the character, it gets more 
twisted and wrapped around as it progresses. I quite like inventive soundtracks that sort of have something to do with the, the thing that they're represented. Mm. It's like I really like. Uh, I brought like um, more vinyl talk. Oh, here we go. I brought a box set of Michael Giacchino doing the soundtrack to Lost live. Oh, okay. I really, really like the soundtrack to Lost. I don't um, think I've ever listened to that one, to be honest. And the, the main theme that sort of like introduced every uh, episode was played on the fuselage of an aeroplane. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's That's just clever. Cool. Yeah, It's yeah, just yeah. clever. Yeah. I like that kind of thing. Mm. And yeah, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre works for yep. the film and it does sort of create that feeling of unease and stuff and makes you uncomfortable I mean it's a good one to put on if you're working in the kitchen just to freak everyone else out yeah. but, <laughs> but it, I wouldn't have included it because it's not music no it's yeah and the Blair Witch wasn't score. music yeah, yeah. Uh, there was loads of uh, more recently probably most recent one I did consider using was the PG Psycho Gorman oh yeah score yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it's fucking great. brilliant love it yeah. yeah that had that sort of like 80s feel to yeah. it there were certain tracks that really stand out they got that whole synth thing going on mm. and the synth wave kind of that seems to be like bit, I think sort of Stranger Things kickstarted that kind of John Carpenter synth score thing going back to Turbo Kid I mean they done it in that, and that was yeah pre- Turbo Kid was it that was pre-Stranger Things and that, yeah, yeah yeah not by much oh, I don't know I'd have to look it up I bet it was a little I bet it was I think uh, It Follows was out before that oh, as well. I don't know, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's it's it's, it's kind of nice that they've brought that back because I always yeah. loved that. It goes so... It's they are using it with 80s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But they, they were my honourable mentions. Are just It was so frustrating omitting yeah. stuff from a list when yeah, there's I, just so many. Oh, I think I'm happy with my final choices. Yeah, I am as well. Even yeah. though you've, you've mentioned ones, I'm like, yeah, I really wanted to put it on and they were in the running, but... You can only pick ten. No. And it was so much fucking hard work because, like you, I've got a soundtrack or a mixture of soundtracks and themes that I will listen to when I'm doing stuff. And there's stuff from so many different films in there. I was listening to the horror soundtracks last night while I was just sort of going... I was playing... I was building in something in Minecraft and I always put music on it because <laughs> the music to Minecraft's fucking annoying. Oh, yeah. So I was, and I was listening to like a horror playlist then. And there was so much stuff coming on it. Like the stuff from Deep Red... And then uh, I really, really like the uh, music to The Descent that's on there. Yeah, just yeah. so much stuff. And I'm thinking, soldiers. Yeah. yeah. And there's so much stuff on there. And I'm thinking, I can't add, it. I can't add any more to my list. Otherwise, I'm going to really fucking be here all night and confuse myself. So many good soundtracks. But yeah, I think I'm happy with my... I'm trying to find a short message you last night because I was listening to something as I was debating. Yeah, you sent me a link to... Off of Carpenter Brute. Yeah, that was really that, good. The video's great, isn't it? Yeah, I like it. Suit, it's got that whole 70s, 80s look to it. Even though I know they purposely scratched the thing up, but even like the, the main bad guy or whatever, he's got that Italian kind of look. He looks like he's come out of an old, you know, in one yeah. of these Italian Yeah, no, that's great. That. It just, yeah. yeah, well, yeah we I need... like this little synth wave kind of, but this is, again, can't be overdone. Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard to talk about music without like yeah. sounding like a dick <laughs> and we've done that a lot of times should we say iconic once more for the people who are taking shots yeah listen to these ones we've suggested because they are iconic yeah I need to listen to like Aaron Elm Street 2 yeah yeah I need to dig that up another yeah and I'll, okay. give, I'll give the ritual another listen I like the movie and I'm sure I must have been aware of the soundtrack working for me because if it doesn't usually it spoils the movie anyway yeah thank you for listening if you was a first time listener thank you very much hopefully you all have come back for more of this and if anyone has been listening to us more than once, the hell's the matter with you? But we do appreciate it. We do. And if you've been drinking along to this game, <laughs> then I'd get yourself checked in at the Betty Ford Clinic. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.
do the devil's work.